I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Looking lovely. Is it right to say lovely? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the first word that came out of your mouth, so yeah. So I'll take that. Just take it as it is. Yes. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's yes, been a minute. Been, Thank you. It's been a good minute. I've asked you how you've been. Yes. And yourself? I've been good. Mm -hmm. Surviving. Just isn't it today? Yeah. Slowly. Uh, travel here and there. Well, like some of us are still in Kenya. You, you're also traveling. <laughs> Yo, is there anyone who travels more than you in this country? Around uh, the country? I'm sure there is, but I, yeah, I do travel. Yes, yeah. We do travel a lot. So maybe for my guests who don't know you, introduce yourself, what you do. I am Maurice Madaka. I am a sexologist, have been for the last 22 years now. Yeah, it's a long time. Since I was born. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes, I'm, I'm known for teaching women about their orgasms, about uh, spasm ownership. I also consult with individuals and profile couples and uh, basically examine and tell people the way, why they behave the way they do. Look at the different formats of relationships out there, tell you what works and what doesn't. Yeah, so and, and I enjoy my work. Very much so. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't enjoy a day where you just get to talk about sex for a, for a living and actually make money from it? Well, uh, you know, talking about sex just sounds, it just sounds incredible, but sometimes on paper, um, I also have to deal with the, the negatives of people's lives. For example? Before we improve uh, their psychology towards sex because of either the influence of upbringing or religion, some outdated myths. Um, so I have to mentor people sometimes on their relationships when they thought it was just about uh, their sexuality. So I deal with the, the dark and the light. Why did you study to, why did you decide to study sexology? Because no one else is doing it. And after I finished my first degree, I was not really interested in IT. What was your first degree? IT and management. So I do understand that you were in the UK. Yes, I was. For quite some time. Yeah, yeah, 11 years. And then you decided to move back to Kenya. Yes, yes. Um, no, I knew at some point I'd move, whether it was 11, 15, 30, I don't know. I'd move. Um, I don't know, I just had this draw and everything. It was an amazing experience there. I actually had a house, and stuff. like I was really set up. At some point I just thought, you know what, I need to come back home and I did. Can I ask you this, like just on the side, before you even begin? Yeah. Do you feel like life is easier when you're in the UK as someone who has lived abroad comparing it to here. living in Kenya right now? Life is easier here. It's easier here we, than yes, there? Yes, you see the thing is, um, take it for granted that we live in a continent and we live in a country that has a lot of freedoms. Um, to be honest, if we were in the UK right now, you and I would really have to schedule this very well for it to work for us. I would have to have a lot of time and you'd have to have a lot of time. Um, I tend to have time in Kenya. Do I get busy? Yes, but there, there are just some things. Today is a Friday, so I could just choose um, 
to just call a few people and we drive to Naivasha and we've not even planned where we're going to stay but things will just work out on some budget. No, I like mentioning it because first it's the closest to where we are right now and it's the one destination that people relate to in terms of the context. Yeah. Uh, if I said Rumuruti, guess what I was first and foremost, where the hell is Rumuruti? Yeah, I've had a lot of fun in Rumuruti, so Naivasha is a good reference point. Um, they're just things in Kenya we take for granted. Um, we have ease of life. As much as people are bitching about prices of things, uh, it's far more expensive to live in the UK. Um, it's far more aggressive. You have, Some people work three, four, five jobs. All these summer bunnies, you know, we call them summer bunnies because they come to Kenya to enjoy the summer and stuff like that. Some of those guys slave, man. I've been there. They do three, four jobs. Um, they hardly sleep and stuff like that. I never went through that because um, I'm pretty witty and I, I fit in pretty well. So I, I got opportunities that other people wouldn't. But at some point, I needed to just come back home. It's easier here. It's more fun. I mean, first and foremost, all those Europeans will tell you once they come to Kenya, they don't want to go back home. So if they don't want to go back home, yet we think their home is the best thing to slice bread, come yeah. on. one of us needs to be wrong. And we're the ones who are wrong. I've been there. Trust so, me. It's tough. Were you already, had you already started being a sexologist in the UK? No, no. That is where I learned about it. Oh, that's where you learned about it? Yes. You never practiced it there? I did. So how would you compare um, your profession when you're in the UK compared to right now Kenya? Um, I prefer it in Kenya, mm -hmm. mainly because um, Kenyans are far more open to discuss sexuality mm -hmm. than a lot of the countries we think because they're in the West, that they are more liberal about discussion. Um, maybe I just lived in the wrong country. like. The UK, if you look at England, English people are pretty conservative. You will find the liberal ones, but most of them are pretty conservative. Um, Kenyans are far more liberal than they think. Well, the niche that I target in Kenya are liberal. And what's your niche? Uh, well, people who can afford me. <laughs> You're that costly. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm not cheap. So people who can afford me, I can say, yeah, the ones who are, and they're the ones who are bothered about their sexuality. Yeah. There's a client of mine who I'll never meet, and maybe they're not even my client because uh, their struggle is, I need to make sure that I put three meals yeah, on the table. So I'm never going to meet that person, and I don't market myself to that person. So there's somebody I market myself to. So are you comfortable with like sharing your rate card, like? An estimate of your price. If I want, if for example, someone wants to book a session with you, if I want to book a session with you, yes. how much would you charge? Uh, for example, if it's a session I'm known for, which is the one one-on-one -on -one session where I teach you about vagina conditioning, uh, that's forty thousand per session. Per session. Yes. And how many sessions do you need? Or it's is not, it conditioned? With let's you? let's 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 look at going through the first session because there are people who within the first session they learn everything. There are people who take two, three sessions, so uh, I would rather not speculate. I always say, let's start with the first session. So how long, in a time frame, how long are the sessions? Uh, it could be an hour, it could be two hours, it could be three hours. I've had sessions that have gone for four or five hours. I don't put a cap to it, I just say, let's go with the flow. I want to teach you, I want you to actually gain something. So now, now let's jump into the birds and bees. Okay, let's I do the birds and bees. My book, Kidogo. <laughs> How would you describe your sex life in your 20s versus now? Uh, much better now. 
twenties is very it's it's a, it's a societal myth that uh, you're going to have your best sex when you're younger. Um, I guess because you're youthful, you're energized, uh, you're more flexible, um, you're more daring, you take risks. So that is the world that apparently at that age that we're supposed to be free and stuff like that. Um, I thought so, but I only thought so because I was in my twenties. I never knew that when I get older, my sexuality will be better, and that's exactly what happened. So it's a bit of a myth when we're told that. Uh, and by the way, because we lived in a time where older relatives, especially cousins, would tell you like, you know, cherish this moment because when you get older, you know, you're not going to have all this energy and time, and that's just crap. Um, sexuality has definitely improved, become better. Um, and that's why I always tell people, don't be good in bed. It's better to know what you're doing. Good in bed is more of an egotistic thing. Um, you could be good in bed in satisfying yourself. It's like a guy who's on top of a woman and he's really thrashing all he knows. And then at the end of the day, he climaxes and she doesn't. Yeah. It means he's good in bed, but he's only good in pleasing himself because he did nothing for her. Okay, so... What, uh, okay, you've talked about being good in bed. Yeah. What attributes, according to you, yeah. what do you feel makes someone good in bed? Uh, learning how to read the other person's reactions. How, now how do you read someone's reactions? Do you, like, sit, have a conversation with the person? Like, no, 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 somebody's, no, 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 for, no, no, you see, for example, uh, if I'm chatting with you and I'm flirting with you, and I'm using some witty humor, and I see you give me a certain look or a certain smile, <laughs> then I'm like, ah, I see. So at least she's getting my vibe. Whereas I'm, 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 I'm throwing all these darts at you, and your your face is just blank. It means I've I've not understood the kind of vibe you like. So in in the bedroom context is, if I'm going down on you. And I'm sucking your labia or your clitoris or your urethra. If I'm not watching your facial expressions, depending on the angle I'm in, I should be at least keen to hear your breathing, or even tell you, yeah, or even tell you that uh, don't hold back. I want to hear you breathing. I don't want you to fake it, but the same way people are. People can walk in and then they start hearing you yeah so um, I can tell you that I want to hear you breathing because sometimes a woman may hold back her breathing so I just want you to you know like the way you're told like breathe in breathe out um, and while I'm able to make you feel that way as you breathe in breathe out you're actually also making sure that there's a good flow of oxygen within your uh, system it also makes sure that you can have better spasms because of the flow of blood. There's a lot of things that go into it, but it only happens because I've uniquely been keen over the years to understand that even though there is a central point in regards to, I know where your G-spot is and it never moves, but there's a way to get your G-spot to react faster or better just by listening to your reactions. So that is what I find uh, makes a difference because um, if you do the whole plug and play, hope for the best, or I did this with her, I did this with him, and you copy paste it with everybody else, it will fail. 
So, how would you define consent in your own words? Because the last time, okay, the last um, time we talked about this, yeah, movie, but you know that one, yeah, but I, I, I cringe because um, this is what I believe. By the time we're getting intimate, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be an accident. There should be a vibe. Like, for example, if I have to ask you, can I touch you? My mind is already put off. Even if I had any plans of being intimate with you, if I have to request, if I have to keep checking, or if I have to have a recorder, uh, uh, could you just say that you are consenting to this sex? And then apparently you say yes. I'd never have an erection for you. That would just die there. There must be a vibe that builds up to the two of us wanting each other. I think as humans, if we kill that moment, you kill it for so many people. The only transaction that I feel is so plastic is the one where I'm paying you for sexual contact. Then it's, a, it's, a, it's transactional, it's a contract we're having. Yeah. That I understand. But if we're having a moment, if we're having something to eat, if we're having something to drink and the vibe is flowing and the eye contact is flowing at no point do I the minute I start asking myself even with those eyes are those consensual or not that would just put me off but why in, because yeah. we're killing what people used to call that in the moment for me it's in the moment okay. to be honest I'd rather masturbate if people kill that or I play with my dogs to, to add on to challenge your point yes if I come to your house, yes. right now you can see it's very hot, like very hot. Yes. So you decide to offer me a glass of juice or some cold water. Maybe I will request for, for a glass of cold water. Because you've assumed I'll offer you. No, you've asked what would you like to have? Would you like to have a glass of juice or water? Yes, but that's also an assumption. You know the guys who don't bother. Yeah. Let's live in the real world. One thing about yeah, me yeah, is yeah. I, I don't like I don't like form, for formulating these uh, these amazing scenarios. But yes, let's go back to. Yeah, I just want to make that clear for for the people who are listening that it's not every guy or it's not every woman who who has that courtesy of asking. Mm. And sometimes we blame them, yet they've never lived that courteous life. Yeah. Sometimes we're too we're too fast to judge somebody. Like for example, when a woman says, "I love men who pull chairs." Your so guy grew good. up in shanks. He never pulled any chair. His father didn't pull any chair. For the last 300 years, no one in his family has pulled chair. You cannot suddenly meet him in Nairobi and ask him why he doesn't pull chairs. Then you should have a CV on your chest saying, I like guys who pull chairs. We're but too fast to judge. You're not too fast. Okay, yeah. We For are. example, if I meet you, yeah. should I assume that you like sucking dick? No. There you go. So I'm there going like, why is she, why is she feeling hot? Why is she feeling hot? Because everybody's sucking my dick. Why haven't you sucking my dick? You get my point? I should not assume. I should find out the things you're comfortable with. And if you and I align, we have something. If we don't, we don't. Nothing is black and white. Nothing is 
definite. So what, let's say I was comfortable with drinking. So something. let's go back with your juice. So yeah. I've offered you juice. It's, it's very hot. Juice. Yeah. It's hot. Yeah. It's the month of February. Okay. And then I come back again on the month of July. Yeah. It's a bit cold. So yes. maybe I'll drink something warm. Yes. Like a cup of tea or a cup right. of cappuccino. Okay. So where I'm going with this is that maybe I was comfortable with doing something at first. Yes. And now I'm not comfortable with doing it. Because you can change. I yeah, guess. but now you've changed the context. If if you were coming to my place yeah. to have sex, and then suddenly as we are kissing or whatever it is, you happen to tell me, um, I don't think I want to have sex, then that ends for me. Because I also don't want to have something with somebody who's not feeling me the way I'm feeling them in the moment. Now that that is consent, but I don't want it to be... Uh, can I record you consenting or not kind of business? Because uh, then it kills the vibe. Mm. I'd rather not have you at my place. I get you. You get me? Yeah. Yeah, so in that sense, yes. Um, of all the sessions that you've ever had, yes. are there moments when you just like, mm, you know what, maybe this thing is not for me. Like, I just, I just don't feel like doing this anymore. You mean my work? Yeah. No, never. You've never? Never. Okay. Why did you ask that with a, with an answer in your head? No, because it can't happen. There are days when you feel No, no, like... it can't. It's never happened to me. I love my work. I'm passionate about it. The only reason why I'm good at it is because I have passion towards it. For me, it's not work. It's what I do, yes, but for me, it's not work. Um, I love empowering women. I understand the vagina very well. Um, and that's just that. No one can take that away from me at all. So, <clears throat> Maurice. Yes. Um, everyone can do what you can do, only the fact that you can do it better. True, 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 true. What makes you better than any other person who does your profession? In your own words. I've done it long enough. You've done it long enough. Yes. And there's something you'll never beat. Uh. That's passion. The guys who do something because it's, it's just work, it pays the bills. For me, it's passion. There's uh, there's your normal butcher guy who just cuts meat. Yeah. When you ask him for a kilo or two kilos, he just cuts the meat, and then he wraps it, he sells it to you, and that's it. Then there's another guy who can tell you, I have studied this animal. What is it you want to cook? I'll tell you which part of the animal I'll cut for you. Even the way he cuts it and everything, there's there's an art to it. Now, if you if you look at the human anatomy, if you look at the vulva, the vagina as flesh, I've understood it very well. So this skill. So do you feel like the older you get, the more experienced you become? Not not older. I mean, the guys who have aged and the experience has been shit. Uh, it's not it's not age, it's your mastery comes from how you've understood what you do. You 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 can you you can drive a car for twenty years, but it doesn't mean you're a good driver. There's another person who drives a car for twenty years, yeah. but they've mastered so many things about the car. They understand it very well. They understand the steering ability. They've understood the engagement of the clutch. If there's a clutch or the or the gears, there's just another level of yeah. We've both driven for 20 years, but I can take this car somewhere you can't. That's the difference. So, um, 
let's switch to that. Yes. Do you feel like your exposure to society, like how exposed you are? Yes. As a as a child, maybe as an adult growing yes. up. Yes. Yes. Do you feel like it kept you? It made you more open-minded to things. Uh, yes. How you how exposed you are? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're saying that the more exposed you are to society, like. From, I don't know why I feel like I'll, I need to go back to living in the UK because you are like literally in two different worlds because the UK is a first world we are a third world country that's not how I see it I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't have a third world upbringing when I was in Kenya mm. I've never had that you've never had like that. UK was not culture shock I've, I've lived in many other European countries so I, I, I was not fascinated by the UK. Which other European countries have you lived in? Uh, Sweden. How many years? Denmark. Sorry? How many years? Three years. Three years. Mm. Anyway, someone who's very exposed. Yeah, but there are people out there. I mean, I've met Kenyans who have lived abroad for 30, 40 years. Mm -hmm. And they still behave like they left Nairobi yesterday. So beyond the exposure is allowing yourself to learn new things and getting out of your mold. There are guys who are still having this African conservative and they're conservative for the last 40 years. He's never changed. He'd not listen to what I do for a living, yet he lives in what you'd call the first world. So it's not even the first world, it's what you do when you're in that environment. Because there are also people in the first world that I've met who are not clued up like many Kenyans. There are many Kenyans who have not been abroad, but they can tell you a lot of things about abroad. Yet the person who's in, who's abroad, can't tell you much about anything that's more than a 50 kilometer radius from where they live. So how was your, okay, how was your buds and bees talk for you? Mm. Were you told like, okay, so this is a vagina, because me, I me mean, I was given a balloon, and I was told, you see this balloon? Yeah. Don't let people persuade. When they persuade, this is what's going to happen. Okay. That was my bad and because I was it. And I was given, I think when I was 13. Right. And for me, I feel like I was fortunate enough. Right. And in my school, when you're in form four, mm -hmm. you're, like, there's an entire topic on sex education. Okay. Like, you're taught the various forms of contraceptive. You're taught how this affects your body, how this contraceptive can work for you. You're taught, but you're not taught that this is what a man does to a woman's vagina. Okay. You're only taught the abstinence part of it. Yes. You're not taught how it actually works. Yes. Or rather the action that you need to abstain from. You're only told that this is what you do to prevent this. This is the type of contraceptive that you use to prevent this. And according to me, or rather in my own words, I feel like that was fortunate enough for me. Because now I know if I'm going to engage with someone sexually, yeah. I know I have to use contraceptive. And okay. There are various types, and this is what works for me. Right. So how was your bad and bad stuff? No, no, I was lucky enough to at least live in a house that was not uh, conservative. Uh, my dad was very touchy towards my mother, which was good. So I, I knew from a very early age that a man kisses a woman. A man can touch a woman in a certain way. Uh, he can grope her ass or he can touch her breasts or whatever. Um, and I liked it. I think a lot of things that I saw allowed me to learn faster than most guys. Because a lot of my friends have never seen their father kiss their mother. Now, for me, that was shocking. I was like, whoa, okay. 
Um, and that's an unfortunate thing um, about our society, though things are improving, but at a very snail pace. Um, what I perceive as sexuality when you're young is first let young people as as early as nine or ten let's say you have a, a, a son and I have a daughter and they're in the same class yeah. then our kids we should take them on play dates mm. so we can teach them how to relate relate yeah. so that by the time our kids are a bit older 14, 15, 16, even though their hormones are, you know, giving them that vibe of, oh, I kind of like you differently, blah, 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 blah. We've cultured them not to see each other as pieces of meat. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So that even though they'll ever have a relationship, again, it will be consensual. They'll do less accidental crap. As in, we have empowered them to be adults early. Adults in regards to how they think, how they reason. I want a 15-year-old who goes like, Dad, there's this girl, I really like her. Um, I don't have money. Could you give me some money? I want to take a pajama because I think she would deserve. And can I buy her some flowers? Ah, that's the guy I want. Opposed to the 15-year-olds we have today who just want to go to some bedroom with some cheap liquor, get drunk, smoke some weed, and have sex. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Why? Because they were not taught how to treat one another. Not that the girls are any better. Okay, they're just as rough as the boys. Yeah. One thing if I had the power, and I've always said this, is I'd abolish boarding schools. Young people need to start relating young at a youthful age. So by the time they're 14, 15, 16, 17, all these experimental crap that they're doing because no one taught them any better. And first and foremost, I'm not a believer of, you know what, uh, that uh, the religion that your child is in or as much as you're warning them about, uh, like for example, your example of balloons or don't do this or don't let somebody do that. They're young people, I was a young person. We do the opposite of what we're told. So knowing they do the opposite, why don't you give them the leeway of choice? I was taught better. I don't need to have sex when I'm 16. I can have it when I'm 18. And when I'm 18, I'll have it in a way where I know the risks. We need to groom human beings to think like that. But when you cage people, when you put them in different secondary schools, yeah. boarding schools, which may have worked in some colonial, that came with the colonial masters. Today, the minute you release them from what I call this prison, and they meet, that's why you've got such a high pregnancy rate that no one discusses in uh, first year of university. So many girls are dropping out. Why? Because they're the ones that need to drop out because they're the ones who have kids. And then the ones who don't drop out now have to struggle with the fact that I'm young, yeah. my youthfulness has been taken away, I now also have the responsibility of my child, and I need somebody, to, and that's the thing with, with Africa, we have support systems. So maybe your mother or your grandmother or somebody or an uncle takes up the kid so that you can still read and stuff like that. But to avoid all this, I'm not saying it's going to come to zero, but if Kenya has a stats of 60, 70%, why don't we drop it to five? 
Denmark used to have a very high teenage pregnancy rate. Now it's almost at zero. Why? Because they, 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 they made it a culture to teach these people, these youthful people, how to relate. So that, yes, sex will happen, but it's not the priority. And it's not the priority in terms of let's do it as fast as we can because we're going to be hiding while we're doing it. So do you feel like our parents, or rather our peers who are older than us, yes. they failed us? Um, I, I don't, I wouldn't say they failed. I think life's become too busy for people that we stopped having community-based bringing up of kids. If you and I have, yes, if you and I have a kid, it's me and you. It's your sisters are not there, your brothers are not there, my siblings are not there. Uh, Shushu is so fine, she's got our own, as in we're so busy. And that's why today you'll find our kids are being brought up by the household. Yeah. And other kids and their teachers. Because you and I are too busy looking for money. People used to look for money then, but life was a bit more relaxed. Lunchtime was two hours. My lunchtime is one hour. Even 30 minutes. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we don't have time to do things. So there's a rush. Mm. When do we meet relatives? When somebody dies or some family AGM or something. Whereas I remember when I was growing up, I saw my cousins all every two three months i saw my cousins and we saw each other for a very long time yeah but today how many people have that i can relate i can relate to add on what you said about boarding school yeah i am someone who actually i've been in boarding school since class four like class four to form four okay yes so i will say right that yeah, I do agree. I'm not as exposed as I was, but I had to put myself out there. Like nice. I had to learn. I yeah. had to, and also like the system, like the school that I was schooling in. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to receive that kind of education because I also had like a very open-minded CRE teacher. Okay, she was very open-minded. Like she would tell you this and this, but I'm saying open-minded on a very light note. Because, as I said, how she will tell you, mm -hmm. she will just teach you the abstinence part of it. Yeah. And not what actually happens, or not what actually sexes. Yeah. So I wouldn't know, I wouldn't say that I've completely received a birds and bees talk, but okay. I've received the talk. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Yes. <sighs> yeah. Don't add anything. And, 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 and that's why we've got such a high breeding of kids. No one gives people the talk. So the minute you feel they're old enough, uh, like I always find it strange. Um, a girl goes to university yeah. and spends more time in the university than she does at home. Yeah. But when she goes home, her dad, uh, for the time she's home, let's say she's home for two weeks or, yeah. three, or a month, whatever it is, she's now on lockdown because her dad is strict. Yeah, but daddy's not there when she's in university. Mm. Well, she's going for all those parties, daddy's not there. So what's daddy doing in two weeks to four weeks that will not be undone by the university? That's the time daddy should be talking to the daughter and telling her, I'm never going to keep you away from boys. 
but these are the things boys will tell you. And these are the comebacks for you to deal with boys. And even though you feel you want to give yourself to a certain boy, these are the consequences. He's not telling her refrain, but he's giving her the power of being able, when a boy tells her something, she's able to say, you know what, my dad is so wise. He told me you'd say that. Ah, <laughs> you see? Yeah. So now, she's not pressurized in regards to, if I say no to him, he'll go to somebody else. Dad's already told him, told you that, you know what, he's going to challenge you and he's going to make you feel that if you don't agree to his terms he's going to move on to another girl then your comeback is if i'm not worth waiting for then you're probably not worth my time hey he's not expecting that he's expecting you to topple because you're going to feel the pressure of I don't want to be dismissed and replaced with somebody else. But if there was somebody to teach you a sequence of these events, yeah, and how clever people try and manipulate, you've saved your daughter, or you've saved your son. We don't have those conversations. And that's why, once we release them into the jungle, they do as they please. They now thrive in the things we told them not to do. Yet, if we had given them choice, one thing I've learned about young people is, as much as they want to adventure, once they understand the consequences, it's good for me to tell you, you know what, if you want, you can sleep with a hundred men. But then you're not allowed in my home. Yeah. Because that's, that's, not, that's not how my girl behaves. I am playing mind games with you. I've not said no, I've not restricted you, but I've given you my version. Funny enough, humans have a way of saying, you know what, dad didn't say no, he didn't say that, but he just said no. As long as I behave in a certain way, it's not even good for me. And I'll make him look bad. I don't want to make him look bad. Done deal. But if I tell my daughter, you see that Jemu? Keep away from Jim. Oh my God. I have stamped a visa for her to be curious enough to go towards Jim and find out what is it that my dad does not like about this guy and yeah. I need to find out. Yes, and I can change him and he can be mine and I'll prove to dad that he's different. Oh my You're God. You're the delusion. By the time that happens, she comes home and she's pregnant. Yeah. So th those are our feelings. We think by caging people that we're saving them. One not? At all. One not? Because I feel like, okay, I'm, I, I was planning to tell you this off yes. camera, yeah. so I can't say it here, but I'm going to give context. Yes. Sometimes I feel like our parents operate from a point of view. I'll give you context behind camera. Okay. Yeah. Because it's something, it's somewhat private. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have to remember to edit this part out. Thirty-four, thirty-four, <laughs> So sometimes our parents tend to operate from a point of fear. Like Maurice, you've grown up. Yes. You have a sister. Yes. You've seen your sister. Um, let's say your sister gets pregnant. Just an example. Yes. A teenage pregnancy. So of course, you wouldn't want anyone else to go down that path, a female. No, I wouldn't. Exactly. So instead of um, looking at it from a holistic way, you're looking at it from a point of, now I have to do everything in my power to keep now this one under my lock, lock and key. Which is the wrong method, but yeah, continue. Yeah. Mm. 
and I feel like that's how some of our parents operate because they're afraid that if you expose yourself to this or if you go out and do this or if you sit and talk to this person like this this will happen to you and most of the time that's not the case like at all so do you feel like yeah yeah okay, do you feel <laughs> huh? do i feel <laughs> do i feel do you feel like um sometimes it's maybe from a point of fear they don't want you to do this yeah but i'll never justify it why because it's hogwash. I'll never accept what's not working. And that's another thing about us Kenyans. We love to sugarcoat shit. We live in a sugarcoating shit. Like, um, in a Kenyan world, I'm supposed to agree with you and say, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. That's crap. I'm not going to do that. Because that, that method's not going to work long term. It's not going to work. What's going to work is I'm going to empower my daughter. She will still go to those parties. But I'll tell her, I'm dropping you and I'm picking you up after two hours. If your grades are good, the next bash, you're going for three hours. I'm teaching her that. I'm not going to cage you. I don't want you to be clever like what I did and own all the keys to the house and my dad's car keys. And when I'm sleeping, you sneak off through the window and probably get mugged or you're stabbed. I want to teach you that you're going to have fun, but I'm going to supervise your fun. And then the day I feel that now you've really grown your wings, I'll tell you, you know what? There'll be a time where I'll look at you on a Friday and ask you, you're staying in. See, last week I thought you said your friends are going out. No, Dad, I'm not really interested. You know why? Because there comes a time when you, you have done all the outing. Mm -hmm. And because now I'm giving you a green light, it's no longer interesting. Yeah. It was only interesting when you're thinking, how do I get permission? How do I get a visa? But now that I'm telling you, hey, whenever you want to go out, just let me know. Give me some cash. I'll even drop you. I'll pick you. Like, this is so easy. Like, this is so boring. There's, there's no excitement to it. You see? Now, a wise parent knows how to play that psychology. But if you think you're going to cage your daughter, you're going to cage her for only for a certain period. But the day, the day she finds a loophole is the day she might come back home and she conceived. Why? Because you and your strong daddy bullshit of guarding her didn't work. It's better to coach them on how to be an adult rather than just caging them like an animal. Um, not to invade your privacy. Yeah. But if you feel like answering, comfortable answering, you can answer. If you feel uncomfortable, it's fine. Right. The fact that you have to use the word invade. Okay. Invade. <laughs> Do you have kids? Yeah, of course. Of your own? No, that I kidnapped. Of course, on my own. What, you, what <laughs> the hell do you mean of my own? Like, I mean, I, I generate semen, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, what, what do you mean of my own? No. You know? no, I've just been kidnapping children at malls and then just uh, pretending so they're mine. You're the gentle kind of parent. What do you mean by gentle? Like what you've just said. No, not, that's not gentle. That's just being wise. So you're the wise parent. Yeah, there's nothing gentle about it. Don't mind me asking, how old are your kids? Um, I have a daughter who's definitely older. Actually, I want you to guess. Yes. Twenty-two. No, nope. older. Twenty-seven. 
24. Younger. 24. A bit older. 25. A bit older. 26. There you go. Wow. No. So that means I should like my parents' age. I don't know. I, I usually don't hang out with them, so I have no idea. Because if I'm doing the math... Do the math. Mm -hmm. Your daughter's age is my sister's age. And we must have like a five-year difference. Okay. So yeah. I started early. Also my mom. My parents, both of them. Okay, uh -huh. one of them. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Let, let me touch you. I have a son. Then you? A son. You have a son? Who's? Older? Younger? Yeah. So... Do <laughs> 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 you remember I was like, if he was older, then maybe we can work something out. No, you just... God. Uh-huh. Imagine having you as a, as a father-in-law. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> That would be very interesting. Uh -huh. Very, very. Especially if you're trying to give the wedding speech. Ah, it's finished. <laughs> we are done. Oh, yeah, you guys will be done. Mic uh, drop. Oh, yes. I want to touch on performance anxiety. Sorry? Performance anxiety. No. Especially in men. Yeah. I feel like society puts a big. They have set high standards that the men have to perform. And if a man is not good in bed, then maybe he's not money now. Um, I don't think it's society. I think it's the it's the social groups you're in. Um, I'm saying this because you know people always forget in every country. For example, let's look at Kenya. The majority of Kenyans are not going to listen to this podcast or any podcast that is similar to yours or the conversations we're having. They've got other things that are more priority than this. Um, we're influenced by our social groups. Yeah. We're influenced by our demographic. Mm -hmm. So the demographic that understands your question are the ones who are going to have this pressure. There's a woman in Shags who knows that my man ejaculates in 10 seconds. She's never, you see the way your eyes have just looked like, what, 10 seconds? <laughs> like, yes, that, that, that is your social group that has taught you that. No for her, for her, for her, she, she's never looked at it 10 seconds, 20 seconds, a minute, how she loves the fact yeah. that the guy is pleased by her so fast she doesn't even look at so fast. For her is, oh my god, my man, the minute we start having sex, he just explodes and I'm so happy. She does not have the struggle of, I want full play, I want my clit rubbed, I want my labia sucked, or my, my jaw needs to be rubbed with some sensual oils. She knows nothing about that. So there's a demographic that has put pressure on men. Because now that is where recreational sex comes from. The other woman is more about procreational sex. Some of it is about fun, but they're procreating. That's why, for example, she might have six kids. Because for her, she knows there is, an, there is a high possibility that she's going to get pregnant. Especially with them ejaculating inside. But now when you look at now the, the other market where we go out clubbing and we go out to all these fancy restaurants 
and we tease each other and we flirt and we do all this hoping that some intimacy at some point happens that's where the pressure is because now a guy is going to look at you and go like uh, she's probably had better she's probably had bigger um, she looks like she really likes going on for long and me I know I have my two minutes that's where the pressure comes from. Did you know why I'm laughing? I think about this. Yes. I'm not laughing because of how <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm laughing because of how you're putting it. You know, it sounds... I'm supposed to be serious. Yeah. Because it's also a genuine concern. Yes. But how you're putting it... Yeah. Yo, I don't sound too close-minded or anything. But it's just so hilarious uh -huh. that you had to even say, I go for two minutes and me, I'm good. You know, it sounds bad because even for you, you know, like for you yourself, you can't go on for two minutes. That's bullshit. Yeah, you, but, yeah, but there are many guys who they only have two minutes. Now you see. <laughs> they only have two minutes, by the way. I've met a guy who told me, Madaka, me, I have three minutes. Eh? Beyond three minutes. You know, after that, he needs to consider that maybe his track of Waru's has quamat somewhere. I think these guys don't have priority to have sex for a long time. There's a guy, there's a guy, there's one, he even called me, he didn't bother texting. He called me and he said, hey boss, you told me something about half an hour. What would you be doing inside the vagina for half an hour? Me within two minutes, I'm done. And then I'm on my phone, I'm trying to look for Biashara. That guy's work like that. And you're not going to change that guy. And by the way, now that guy is not pressure. Yeah. He knows he has a decent two minutes. For him, it's decent. And by the way, for him, it's not the long haul. It's not... Oh my God, by the time I left, she was telling me how amazing. He doesn't need to be amazing. For him, he nutted, he left. But now, the guys you're referring to is, the guy who sat here with you, and he's torturing you how, you know, uh, today when I'm with you, you're going to climb walls, do you climb chandeliers and stuff like that. Why are you talking about chandeliers and you don't even have bulbs that light up too well in your house? You know what I'm saying? So, you. <laughs> Now that's where the pressures come in. You're saying? Yeah. Because also women ask that question on social media a lot. You know, the size matter. Or she commented, hey, last week I was with guy and hey, you're so loaded. Now that makes a lot of guys start solo saliva because they're thinking, now who is that loaded nigga? And somebody needs to kill him. Those are the pressures. Does size really matter? <sighs> okay. It won't matter always because I, I, I have met women who have had men with sizable penises and all they ever felt was pain. So clearly there was size but there was also pain. So it was not, the sex was not worth having. But there's also some minute penis that you can have that's not going to function. You, and you also have to look at this this, this way. Um, the size of my girth in relation to how your vulva or your vagina starts to dilate or to expand. That can cause us to either not com be compatible or be very compatible. Yeah. But, but the only thing is we only get to know those things when we test it out. Mm. 
everything else is just torture. You just never hogwash. know what you're walking into until you actually see it, feel it. Yes, there you go. Yeah. There you go, there you go. There you, I will say that again until you walk. <laughs> you never know uh -huh. what you're going to walk into until you actually see it, feel it, taste it. There you go, there you go, there you go. You had me at taste it, you see. So, <laughs> unless you sample some of these things, you're never going to know. Yeah. And by the way, even girth texture, skin texture. Like, for example, you can touch my skin and know another guy's skin that you've touched. Yeah. And you're like, wow, your skins are so different. And girth skin texture yeah. will vary from one guy to another. Yeah. So even sometimes people don't realize that the reason why we were so good for each other is because your inner vagina and my girth texture just worked. Mm. And maybe I'm not the guy you like have strong feelings for, but the guy you have feelings for, your vagina keeps rejecting you. Do you feel like, okay, there's some people, Yes. I'm saying some people, Okay. they need to feel something so as to have sex with someone. Like, I, like you just can't hook up with someone randomly. There has to be a certain emotion, a certain conversation. Yes. If, if the conversation that we had, yes. let's say you and I yeah. were um, dating, dating, mm -hmm. we're not really dating, okay. but we are dating. Right? You get it? Like, we're dating, but we're not really dating, okay? Yeah, we're uh -huh. dating. Yes. Let's just go with it. Uh -huh. But we're yeah. not really dating. Right. <clears throat> because, okay, by that I mean, you have the potential to become my partner. Okay. But there's just something missing there. Okay. Uh -huh. So, I'm human. Of course, I'm going to have feelings for you. Or rather, I'm going to start developing feelings for you. Right. And maybe the feelings that you are feeling, they are not what I'm feeling. Like, for example, I can feel love, I can feel safe in you. You, you're just feeling, like, this chick, she's pretty, I can just bang her, and I don't want to really sleep with someone else, but at the same time, I don't want to commit to her. Okay, you get that confusion? Yes. However, let me make one thing very clear. Yeah. Humans pretend, like, even when people say, uh, yeah, but it's, 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 between the two of us, it's just sex, to be honest. All humans, especially the ones who have a repeated intimacy session kind of arrangement, whether they like it or not, they do feel it. They do feel each other. Yeah. Actually, funny enough, because they are afraid of trying to expand these feelings, they probably feel each other more than a lot of married people who lie to each other every day. Babe, I love you. Because sometimes it's it's not that somebody first. Do you know why us men don't like that word love? Because love makes us feel trapped. Not because we don't want to be with you. Love just makes us feel trapped. We don't like feeling trapped, and that's why we always fall for the woman who doesn't trap us. We fall for the woman who says. Uh, you can be a free spirit if you want, but I got you. I'd like to be the option you want. Now, I'll, even though I know I can call so many other people, I'll just constantly be with you. I'll be monogamous, not because I have to, because I've chosen that as long as I'm receiving your energy, I'm going to be monogamous towards you. But when we're monogamous, because we have to be, chances are we won't. We don't like feeling 
trapped. And the society we live in, men are losing their male traits of just being bold enough. Even the fact that I have to use bold just means how weak they've become. Men should just tell the truth. Being attracted to you, wanting to wake up with you, wanting to sleep on your chest or you sleep on my chest is not my fear. Yes, I, I and you see, when you said that uh, I, I, I want I want to have so many sex sessions with you, I just don't want to commit. The reason why I don't want to commit is because I don't want to feel trapped. But trust me, I keep coming back to you because I also have feelings for you. The minute it's the minute I keep returning back to your vagina, it means I have feelings for you. Any other nigger is pretending. I'm old enough for that shit. I'm no longer in my 20s. Mm. I know what I thought I knew when I was in my 20s, and I know what I know now. I will have feelings for you, but I don't want those feelings twisted into some monogamous, forceful thing. Yeah. And that's why we're always put off by women who keep asking. Um, you were online and you didn't text me, so who are you texting? Oh my god. That shit puts you up. Yes. <laughs> Do you know why? Because yeah. now you're telling me that the only person I should be texting is me. And considering I've known so many other people before you, is you. You need to understand. Yeah. I've been texting so many people before I met you, and I've not had sex with any of them. But because now you're crucifying who I am, you're going to sway me to probably want to have sex with somebody. you make time I will I will there's time we have time we have time we have an entire day today there you go yeah so where were we performance anxiety we've already touched on that yes how would you define love in the spirit of Valentine's how would you define love I'll just define it without the spirit of anything um, it's an emotional attachment towards somebody towards being familiar with them, being wanting to be in their space. Um, I'm saying this because I don't sexualize love. The sex, when you sexualize love, you kill the sex. I don't want to be obligated to love you. And that's usually what happens to a lot of couples. You know, now that we've framed this relationship to be you're my girlfriend and I'm your boyfriend and I just feel I'm obligated to tell you I love you, I love you and every time you're going you know, I love you, then I have to say I love you too oh my god, it's so fucking tiring and that stops being love yeah love is I spend so much time with you, we laugh we do, like every time you're away from me I'm just thinking, I can't wait to meet you so we can just hang out, we can have whatever, lunch, dinner, have a drink. And there's nothing sexual about it because it's an emotion to me. If it has an extension of sexuality, fair enough. But the first thing is that attachment with another human being, that's real love. And that's why we tend to 
break up with those who we are dating, we never break up with our friends. Because our friends, we have more genuine love with friends than we have with a lot of people we're dating. But I feel like with friends, um, do you feel like with friends, with friendships, yes. we're looking at it now from a friendship concept, it's formed with a lot of intentionality. Because when you're making friends, do you feel like the certain, the, how do you call it? How do you call it? What you use, what factors that you use to determine if this person is my friend, or if this person, if Maurice is my friend, or if Anne is my friend, yeah. is because she does so, so, and so, it's because he does so, so, and so. But it tends to become more, it, it's more different when you're choosing our partners. Because I can look at you, Maurice, and I'm like, Maurice listens. Maurice is an excellent man. Maurice is so like you, you get that you get what I'm saying. Yes. When I so Maurice will make a good friend because one he listens, two he shows up when he's right. there. If yeah. I am short of tunes, I just hit Maurice up and he's like, "How much do you need? I got you." Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so he's reliable as a friend. Okay. But then I choose to progress it further. I look at Maurice. Um, Maurice cleans up nice. It's sharp. Maurice. It's tall. Uh, Maurice listens. Right. Maurice likes this. He listens to this type of music. Right. Now, is that partner worthy? Maybe. Maybe it is. Because I feel like we date with potential, but we marry with patterns. Like, I can look at you and I'm like, Maurice has the potential of being a good On paper, we could say people date with potential, but many people I've met, they dated because they just found somebody they could just tag along mm. and hope for the best, and they hate being lonely. What you've said on paper sounds amazing, but most people are together because at that moment that was their only choice. And over time they've realized it's probably the wrong choice, but I can't get out of it now. Because we're not in a society where people are taught to break away. Because then now what happened is, okay, I know you guys things are not working, but why are you giving up? Persevere, sacrifice. Yeah. See where those words come in? Yeah, yeah. Rather than, I don't want to persevere, I want to leave. How can you leave and you guys have been together for two years, three years? Why would you waste that? Because people don't see that three, four years can turn into 17 years, 22 years of misery. Because I've met couples today who have been together for over two te- decades, and they'll tell you only the first two years were great. The rest we've just survived because we didn't want society to know that we failed. Now, back to the friendship thing. I can be a very good friend, but all the traits that you liked about me, once I become your boyfriend, those traits can die. Because I liked being your friend, but now that I'm your boyfriend, I could change. Yeah. I could be less of a listener. And you see what happens is this. When I was your friend, you never used to judge me. And I didn't judge you. But because now you're my chick, even your tone is different. When you were my chick, I would be able to tell you, oh, but that last week, I was out of town. And I met this chick and nothing happened, but this is, and we'd laugh about it. Today when you're my chick, can I tell you last week I met a chick? I know you can. Why? 
that's the problem there. Ah. That's the problem there. There is no openness. Yes. So now they're not. So now we're breeding. We're breeding lies between ourselves. Mm. You see, telling you, I first and foremost, we cannot live in a world. I do not want to live in a world where you cannot come and tell me. Last week I was out of town, and this guy, and he chatted me up. Blah blah blah. blah. I don't want to live in a world where I'm pretentious enough to believe that my woman cannot be chatted up with another by another guy, and we cannot have that conversation. If people are not mature to have that conversation, that's their problem. Once we start dating, we're going to start lying to each other. Yeah. So I prefer when we're just friends. Maybe that friendship had benefits, because even in the benefits, if you tell me, oh by the way, you know, I was in close to this guy, we slept in the same bed, and I was just not feeling it. Whether you had sex or not, I'll be comfortable to listen to that story, even though you're fucking. Yeah. But suddenly now, because I'm your boyfriend, I never want to hear another man is hitting on you because no man is supposed to hit on you. What delusional twist is that? That's the problem we have. And that's why I'm saying our friendships are more genuine than our relationships. Because we can discuss things as they are. Trust me, the minute I'm comfortable with lying to you, and lying to you is just keeping shit from you, I'll do it more often. Because it's safer, it's better. But guess what? There'll always be another woman who knows me better than you. Now, she's the one who describes Maurice as a listener. He shares, he's so open. I love that guy. And she probably would like to be in your place. She probably thinks, if I could just be the chick, he gets rid of that other chick. But what she's forgetting is, once she replaces you, she's going to turn into you. Uh, the freedom we suddenly had yeah, will no longer be gone. there. So the one thing we need to look at is, where does this freedom go? Why do we suddenly become so guarded with each other. That's where the relationship collapses. Do you feel like partnerships are easier or harder as compared to friendships? Or do you feel like friendships are harder to maintain as compared to partnerships? I think partnerships are harder to maintain because um, if, I, if I go for a month without seeing my friends, whether they're male or female, they're not going to bitch. But like I said before, if you see me online, I'm not chatting you and I'm just probably chatting other people, you're going to start bitching. So now I have to start looking for ways to make sure my app is not showing you that I'm online. You see, everything I do is to deceive you. Yeah. I don't want that kind of life. So being in a relationship, I have to do a lot of things. First and foremost, I don't want to be in a relationship where I have to second guess everything that's coming out of my mouth. I want to be honest. And the problem is, people in relationships always say, I wish I had an honest partner. Most people are kidding themselves. They can't handle honesty. But they 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 love half-truths, or they like hearing shit they want to hear rather than the truth. And that's why people are dishonest. So, there's something that you said yes. a while back. Mm-hmm. Men have the keys to a relationship, women have the keys to sex. Expand. The the only problem with that setting is um, women have the keys to sex in regards to 
first and foremost, it's now implying that men want sex that women don't want, or men want more sex than women, and women have the sex that they want, and women don't tend to want the sex, so they have the key to it. But you see, you're the one who said this statement. Yes, but it, it, I'll say in the context of you have the power of, and the context was we love having fun. I don't know any other creature between men and women. Men always look for fun. Men are always the first ones to go like, "Hey, let's do this. Let's 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 do a road trip. Let's you know." Whereas, not that many women just come up with a good plan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And in those road trips, or that good plan, or that having fun, or that bowling, or whatever. Later on, if we are with the, the opposite sex. Many men would like something to happen. It's possible. So if we click, we click. If we don't, we don't. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but so you have the key to something we need, and we happen to like give vaginas. But the problem is, we live in a world where men have to align themselves to the climate of where they're living. Remember when you said that uh, some people, before they have sex with you, they, they must have certain feelings? My fear with that is, because men know that, men use it. Like, let's say I just want to have something casual with you. It, it defeats the purpose because I have the ability to make you fall in love with me so that we can just have sex. And the funny thing is this, if we have the sex and later on you're like, oh, hold on, hold on. So you've been leading me on, you're not really into me. I know you're into me, but you're not into me as much as I thought because I thought you wanted us to be an item, but all you wanted was us to be casual and have sex. And then you're in a place to tell me, because I'm enjoying it, if you had just said you just wanted sex, I'd have said yes, but we don't live in a world where that's written on your forehead. Well, you had just So the easiest thing to do is do what? Yeah. Cooks you say. enough to make you have feelings for me so that other areas of your body can open up. And I'm against that, but a lot of people are forced to do it. Because we don't live in a world, I, I, I've, I've listened to so many women over two decades tell me, I wouldn't mind a guy who just tells me, I find you attractive, I find you sexy, sexually attracted to you, and I want to have something casual. I wish those men existed. That's bollocks. Because if she meets that guy tomorrow, she'll go and tell her friends, I met this guy who had the audacity. <laughs> Imply that he just wants to have sex with me. Yeah. Yeah, just the other week, mm. she was telling Masimba that that's exactly what she likes. And even men today, when I have this conversation with men, men always tell me, if we could just tell women what we want, life would be so much easier, would even remember the stuff, because it's honest. But from our experience, yes. Most of the things you tell us to do when it comes to honesty does will not work on the ground. I sure there's something called there's a condition called dickmatization. I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. 
So mm. you may have wanted something casual on the onset. But you know if the day is too good, you don't think twice. Common sense out the window. Yeah, but women tend to forget that same penis that you're into right now, you may not be into it as much when we're in a relationship. The thrill might be gone. Exactly. So you're only into it because you, you steal it. You have it once in a while. But once you have it every day, and you realize this guy is an everyday kind of guy, mm. that's like eating ugali every day. And ugali is your favorite dish. But every day, breakfast ugali, lunch ugali, dinner ugali, breakfast lunch, lunch at some point you'll be all over. Hey, hey, hey. So you rest. So you chill. So we do something else. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's the thrill, and then there's the everyday servicing that at some point becomes boring. And guess why it become boring? Right now, I'm having to tease you. I'm having to flirt. I'm having to seduce you. I'm having to remind you that you're sexy. I'm making you feel, oh my God, you know, like even your vagina is opening up by itself. But the minute we own one another, now the way I want to have sex with you, there's a look I give you that way. Are you Are you horny? Are you seeing the difference? Are you going to get horny by just me giving you a look? Before I used to even send you texts that would get you wet. So already you have a mental picture of when I meet this guy, I'm going to tear him apart. But now that we're together, I don't even bother seducing you. Now it's more like, see your mind? See, when I ask you for sex, you're supposed to give me. You see, even the tone has changed. Yeah. Do you think your vagina is going to be as excited to meet my penis? I don't think so. So sometimes we also have to look at what does something look at when you add all these other ingredients to it? Yeah. And that's why sometimes I've met people who have had a casual relationship for a very long time. Their friends keep telling them, okay, you guys, you say you're casual, but nah, your relationship is even better than most of us who are married. But the reason it thrives is because they've not put the pressure of labels. So it's still fun. We know we have not decided to be monogamous, but since we met each other, we can't do without each other. And that's why the thrill sustains that feeling. Whereas the minute we settle, I'm like, okay, now you're my chick, I'm your boyfriend. At some point, we're like, okay, now beyond that, what happens? She's not giving me the look, she's not teasing me, I'm not doing the same. What just happened? We killed our sexuality because the fuels we were using to make it exciting now that we've got all these titles we're no longer using those fuels so we're part to blame and that's why I'm saying it can be a struggle to sustain a relationship because it's work whereas being friends is not and the thing is this when, when we're friends you and I can argue today but there's a high chance I will apologize to one another, we'll meet again, have coffee, hug it out, and plan something else. But when you and I have this love which is not forgiving because we're an item, one of us can give the other silent treatment for a week or two weeks or a month. So I prefer the friendship love, not the relationship one. Because the relationship one is distorted by so many things. 
and that's why relationships will fail. I don't want to feel caged. I don't want to feel killed. I don't want to be told uh, there are three female friends of yours and I don't like them, so you need to get rid of them. Chances are I'll get rid of you. Or I'll be coming homeless to you and spending more time with them. And guess the time I'm spending with them? Same I always used to. It's not sexual. But because you don't like them, and I treasure my friendship with them, and you sexualize my relationship with them, you're actually drawing me closer. Because now I'll even tell them, you will not believe what Anna's been saying about you guys. And she just came the other day, and you guys have been here. She's now accusing me of sleeping with you guys. Shouldn't that have happened 11 years ago, 15 years ago when we met? Now suddenly, what Anne is saying is, because she's an ingredient, now that she's entered this bowl of food, her ingredient is now mutated into, suddenly I see you so differently, and now the accidental thing is this. All driven by your feeling. With my female friends, we have never looked at each other in the way you do. But now that I'm sharing this story with them, and you know how you women can be to each other. Also, I'm things that you and I have ever... Maybe we should. Just for her. Oh, I have known her for 11 years. We have never had this conversation. But just Anne who came to my life just the other day is now going to cause me to have sex with a woman I've never had sex with. Wow. Thank you, Anne. Wow. You just have to drag my name on here. And this is not the benefit to my relationship with you or even the benefit with my relationship with my friend because... Whatever we are, whatever deed that we've done behind your back, yeah. elicited by you, may destroy my friendship with her. It's not going to cause us to be friends. After the deed, we might ask each other, "Oh my God, like what have we just done? Why did we do it? Because we were driven by somebody else. So we did it for all the wrong reasons. My friendship and hers might change." Whether you're in my life or not, I've just changed a very good relationship into something that may not work. She may have to avoid me. Because yeah. one day when she's high, she might decide to open up to you. Yeah. And tell you, until you came into Maurice's life, I never used to like him like that. But now that you have him, I also want to. And because something happened between me and him. So many, there's always a ripple effect, and that is why, to avoid all this crap, you and I need to have a relationship where we can just share stuff and laugh about it and be real. I expect guys to hit on me, and I expect women to hit on me. I expect both of us to flirt. It's flirting, for heaven's sake. Flirting is the problem, is most people flirt, but they flirt in hiding and. Because they don't have the advantage of I can share things with my partner, they take the flirting as far as possible. It's like when ice cream is banned in your house, it does not mean I will not find an ice cream parlor and go and eat my ice cream and go home and pretend I have not had ice cream. You wipe your mouth. Exactly, Maybe there you go. Charges. Yes. Okay. So, um, as, I'm, as a married man, which I presume you are, I love the way you put that, presume, okay? Let's presume. <laughs> uh, do you feel like 
marriage is easier for you the older you get or like the more you keep on easing into it into a long-term relationship rather do you feel like it gets easier with time being in a relationship first i don't like the word marriage why now i'm intrigued why because it doesn't add value to a relationship you don't seal the stamp what does marriage mean to you Honestly, it just means you get a certificate from a government, so which is debatable whether it's corrupt or not. But it's just a certificate that you get. It doesn't. It, it's there's there's the romantic version of it bonds two people. Uh, but I can tell you, a lot of married people are having horrible marriages, sexless marriages, yeah. non-flirtatious marriages, and their marriages are driven by common things common roof uh, we have kids so we stick with it and our kids become the priority uh, we hold hands when we go for family functions or corporate dinners but between me and you our certificate is more solid than our relationship so that's why I say I deal with I deal with what connects the two people not marriage The word marriage has lost meaning because it just means people are on a conveyor belt to at some point marry someone. For example, both men and women have this pressure that after all this schooling we've done and we've acquired all these other certificates we're supposed to acquire, the next certificate we're supposed to acquire is what? Marriage. And that's why the same mother or father who used to tell you he has a balloon and make sure your balloon is not busted by anyone now that you're old enough what are they asking you where is the grunge is, is where is the balloon bus- remove the balloon you have got three balloons all of them need to be popped we now want grandchildren they're giving you a license to go out there and find a man they want you to be married yeah but they want to be married uh, under a rule a format and that format is we, we have to drive you to this altar where there's this guy who engages two of you and then declares the two of you a man. And that declaration and that ceremony is what is what is defined under whatever faith there is and under the matrimony and under the spark of love, things are going to work out. That is absolute nonsense. That is absolute nonsense. You see, a wedding is one day. Yeah. After the wedding, everybody who ate your cake and food fucks off. You're left now, they bother you too. Yes, and that's why today you find, because young women are not willing to be their mothers or their grandmothers, I have young women today calling me up and saying, uh, Mazimba, may I have been married for five months. I have suddenly seen a turn on events here. I don't even recognize my husband. Do you know why? Yeah. Because when she was girlfriend, and she's of this generation, Husband, who was just the other day boyfriend, guess who used to call? The first call he'd make is her. Hey, wait, there's a plan. What's the plan? Stop asking too many things. Wear some clothes, throw some in a bag, we're off. Fun, 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 fun. She has been everywhere. He loves to show her off. That cashot of you, that booty booty. You know how people love to see you in those games. Wear that. Like he used to just make her feel sexy. He used to display her to everyone. Like they were, you know when people say couple goals, they were that. But now that they've signed on the dotted line, 
and he has remembered his culture and tradition and which village he's from. And if you ask him, last time he was in that village, he was six years old, or he goes there over Christmas, he suddenly remembered his tribesmen. And guess what? In my tribe, when I marry, if she's not working, my wife stays at home. So this wife, who happens to be a very young woman, is calling me to tell me, I'm expected to stay here, and I've just tracked him. He told me he was going to his boy's whatever. Now, unless his boy has moved to Naku, I can see they're heading that way. Okay. It's a Friday. Yeah. This nigga is going to come back on Sunday. She knows it. She used to be part of that coming back on Sunday, but now she's in the house. And you know what she's telling me? What he does not know is, I'm not going to follow him, but I'm also leaving this house. So she's telling me I'm not of that generation. I didn't marry this guy to be a housewife or to be somebody locked in the house. I married him so I can continue being his chick and he continues being my boyfriend. But because this guy has remembered which village he's from, he's now changed his tact. He's no longer that liberal guy anymore, which is also nonsense. So when people hold on to this word marriage, it can put you under lock and key when other people have freedoms. Yeah. So the one thing you need to look at is how do the two of us actually relate? That's more important. In an ideal world, you'd get married but you're still boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Why are you asking her if she can cook now? She's never cooked for you and you guys have been together for three years. You never bothered about cooking. If anything, you are the kind of guy who's like, what about cooking? Let's go eat out. Or, let me cook for you, babe. You've cooked for so long, but now, knowing she doesn't cook, you're blaming her that she does not cook. Can I add on something? Yes, please do. <laughs> You've said that, I remembered something that I was having, a discussion that I was having with a friend of mine. I have been in a situation where I, this person has given me the perspective yeah. of a long partnership. But I have never seen myself having kids with this person. Okay. So, for, you know, for, there was a time, like, you, I felt like this was an issue. Okay. Like, you know this person is a good person. Yes. And how I know that this person is a good person, I feel safe around this person. And I'm also that kind of a person. I won't speak unless spoken to. Okay. I won't express myself unless you actually have, for you to get to know me, you actually have to sit and have a conversation with me. Okay. Like, you have to have that conversation with me, like this. Like, yeah. see how we are talking? Yes. And that's why I suck at calls and texting. I'm a very bad texter. Okay. Very bad. Okay. Because in my head, now, Nanga Nivejibu your message. But in reality, it's Jibu. So that's how bad of a texter I am. Okay. So if I've been touched to you, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> probably just like you. I'm not, I prefer talking than texting. Yeah. So whenever I was with this person, I would feel safe, and you know, from that, you know, from that safety, I felt like this is someone I would see having a long-term partnership with. But kids, mm-mm. marriage, because I'm also, I've also never envisioned myself in that. As you've said, like a wedding, it's one day. I have never envisioned myself with a long white dress walking down the aisle, probably because like. I just don't love being around too many people at that time. I feel like I'll, if I was to have a wedding, I'll right. have a destination wedding. So I send you the invite, an e-invite, you fly out, you come. 
It's going to be in Mauritius, it's going to be in Zimbabwe, anywhere. Okay. You just come. But I've never really thought of having a wedding. Right. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. And I've also envisioned a life where it's just me, myself, and I. Okay. But maybe when I was envisioning that, it was during my selfish era. Right. Because right now, I don't know where that imagination went. Okay. <laughs> but not every woman should be in a marriage. Yeah. And not every woman should have kids. Yeah, but I feel like society really puts a lot of pressure. Yeah, but society are not going to raise confidence. Exactly. They're also not going to teach you how to love kids you didn't want to have. Man. It's not your duty as a woman to have kids. Thank you. It's just not. Thank you. So I always find it strange when men or society will pressure you, like, you don't want kids when you're dysfunctional or, you know, you'll have no value as a woman because you don't have kids. That's absolute hogwash. You know what? I always tell people, you know, fuck society. Yeah. Just hang out with people who think like you. Exactly. Woo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. This whole society thing is crap because they're not going to pay school fees. Yeah. They're not. And the same society, if you do a video on social media and go like, you know, I really want kids and I have two kids and I don't know how to. Society will throw it back at you. They'll say, if you didn't want to have kids, then why, why did, did you, you have, have them? Wow. The same society that pressured you is now judging you. Wow. So just do you. It's not your duty to have kids. I'd encourage all young women, go backpacking. Yes, you know, you mentioned Zimbabwe. Now go there for the right reasons. Backpack, you know, travel. Tell me I've been to 14 countries in the last three years. Yeah. I've saved up, you know, and it doesn't have to be very expensive, you know. Get on a plane, get on a train, get on a bus. I, I, I want you to see Africa. The way the way Europeans backpack from Europe to Africa. And he tells Thank you, I've been to 20 countries. And his budget was so small, but you see everything, blue beaches, green beaches. Here in Kenya, what are we doing? We're telling young women that their only de des uh, designation is to become a child bearer. Really? You know, there's an artist who said that... We need to quit that crap. Women should be married by the age of 23. That way they won't be going to Airbnbs. Um, this is like a trigger warning. To anyone, to anyone who has been a victim of fem or or who are, who knows anyone who has been a victim of femicide. Okay, so if 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 women are married then at the twenty three, yeah. then they won't go to Airbnbs. They won't go to Airbnbs. They won't be killed. They won't be. Um, okay, whoever that guy is, an, is an idiot. Clearly. First and foremost, let's just put it this way. There are more married women using Airbnbs than there are single women or young women. Fact. So that whole logic goes out of the window. Yeah. Bad people do bad shit to human beings. Period. Whether it's in an Airbnb, whether it's outdoors, whether it's in a forest, in your own home, bad people do bad things. And most of these guys who are talking about women should be married or certain whatever, if that guy was called by a woman who is married or not married of that age, he'd say yes to the Airbnb plan. Clearly. Yeah, so don't be all righteous right now with your evaluation of when women should be. That's just crap. He was an asshole, to be honest. He's an asshole, to be honest. 
I don't even follow. Yeah, but those assholes have become your husband. That asshole can be very loving when he needs to lie to you, when he needs to have you on his side. And then he removes his marks the minute he signs the dotted line. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Every asshole has a companion. Remember that. Kill It's just the way it is. It's the way of the world. It has not changed since I was young. It's not going to change any time. It's even getting worse now, so... Were you a bad boy? <laughs> <laughs> when you say, were you, I've changed. Good. <laughs> oh, you haven't? Uh, you see, bad boy, the word bad just means that... Um, I'm witty, I'm bold, um, I don't take nonsense, I'm my own man, I'll tell you what I want, when I want it, if we're vibing, we're vibing, but bad boy does not need to be disrespectful, I don't need to call you a whore or a bitch, or just make you cry every day to be a bad boy, because I can tell you this, Masimbas eat those bad boys for lunch when we have to. Why? Because bad boys are loud. Uh, we've seen the pattern that works for them. And whether we like it or not, you fall for it very easily. Ah, very easy. As, as a victim? Yeah, I do. I do. And, and bad boys are usually the mafisi compared to the Masimba. No, no, no. Oh, the are not nice guys. They, we just, we just don't rush for things. Yeah. And I don't believe I need to be such an ass for me to get your attention. Mm-hmm. I'd rather if there's two of us, and I want you, and that other so-called badder boy wants you. If I see you falling for his shit, yeah. Masimbas will back off. Yeah. But we're patient. We know this nigga is going to disappoint you. He's probably the whole, when I get you, you will be climbing on chandeliers. But later when you realize he only has bulbs. Yeah. So now you come to Mazimba. Mm. Now fuck chandeliers. Now you're going to be on mountains. Now you're going to climb Everest. You know what I'm saying? Your lobby is going to be flipping here and there. Retro is going to be squatting. So we don't rush things. We wait for... You see, the Mafisis are aggressive. Yeah. Hence why even KWS has given us a warning on how to deal with them. You talk to them. Exactly, talk to them. I don't know what, kneel down, beat all of them. That is bullshit. Yes, but Masimbas, we just lay back, wait for Fisis to do their Their stuff. Which is timed. And then once they do their thing, we tell them to step aside. Because you really needed a Masimba, you didn't know but sometimes it's good to taste what's out there before you get the real dish. Yeah. I'm a believer of that. I mean, if, I, if someone just... The way you've said Mafisis, if they oh, come Mafisis, they are, but they, they are the biggest population. Yo. They're everywhere. Yeah. And Masimbas, we see them a mile away. Mm. 
And guess what? Yeah. They know they know what to tell women. I know plenty of officers. Guys make women fall in love like 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 so. You know the point where you want actually want to sit down with them and go like, hold on, hold on. You met this guy at 2 p.m. By 10 p.m., with a bit of help with that Jaeger, you're already calling each other big. How did it? How did we get there? And do you know what my issue is? Yeah. My issue is not the babe. Yeah. My issue is this is Friday. By Tuesday you will not be babe. Yeah. That's my issue. Oh. Now my Simbas will be like, we can call each other babe, but we first know that this is not this is not forced. Yeah. It's a mutual thing. So can we do this? And we agree. So you never need to feel used or ghosted. Whereas, Afisi have lines. See me, I've been sat next to Afisi while he's lining up a chick. And Afisi will look at you in the eye and tell you, you know what? Until I met you, I was lost. I've been wanting kids and I can't find anyone out there. He's not told you he wants kids with you, but he knows what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. He's manipulating you. He's thinking, oh my God, this is the guy. This Madeka, this Madeka, let's just forget about Madekas. But you see, the Masimba knows exactly what this guy is doing. He's going to hurt you. And one day you and I are going to have pillow talk discussing this nigga. Yeah. Discussing all the things you fell for. All the things you thought were true, the things that you thought were true, uh, he sounded so genuine. Of course he sounded genuine. That's his craft, to sound genuine. And that's the difference. And that's why things will never, ever change. And you see, the Mafisi has a long shelf life because as a bad boy, he can attract you. The same bad boy will confess to love you and probably end up being your husband because there are many husbands who are bad boys. They are mafisis and always will be. And then, because he's now married to you, other women find him very attractive. Yeah. Compared to the single guys. Because as much as women ask, where can we find single guys? The minute they meet them, they're wondering, hold on, you're 38 and you're single. And you tell me the last time you had a chick was 2019. Why are women avoiding you? And why would I be with you? So even being single in itself has its disadvantages, major ones. So I think at the end of the day, um, whether we like it or not, we're going to find energies out there that fit with us, whether it's short term, long term. They're always going to be there. There's great, there and there's always going to be an energy that just lives on. And, and that does not mean that it's the person you live under the same roof. People fear having those conversations, but it's, it's just that. I may be a good cook. I may be, I may be able to make nice dishes for you. But it doesn't make me a chef. If I compare myself with chefs around some really nice, gisty restaurants, I'll never be that great unless I train to be one. And even when I train, I may not be Still as not good. The same. Exactly. So yeah. we're not all going to be good for one particular person 
the way we want them to be. You see, at the end of the day, if, for example, I meet you and I like you, I can't erase your experiences. You've had other men in your life, and then suddenly you have me in your life, and then I have to lie to myself that, you know what? I am the best guy she's ever had since sliced bread. That is a very immature person who would talk like that. Also not exposed enough to understand. That is crap. I may be the kind of energy you need right now, but there's a time you had a certain other man who fulfilled you at that time more than I can right now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Right now, I can pretend to be the best sexual lover. But there's a guy five years ago who left a mark that I will never replace. Two of them. True. Yes, but we don't have those conversations. Okay. So what's your parting shot as we conclude our first episode? My parting shot is... People need to be more aware of the conveyor belts and the choices we, we, we are told to make versus the ones that make us whole, that make sense for us. Going back to women feeling the pressure of being mothers, it's not your job. It's not your job. You may have a biology that can produce a child, but it's not your job to create one. It doesn't make you less of a woman. Yeah. And the funny thing is, a lot of men are also driven to want to have kids because they, are, they want to prove to society that I can produce kids. But why are you producing kids that don't become your priority? When you know you have some money in the bank, you choose to go and blow it in the army before you pay school fees. Because Monday will sort itself out. Don't do that. So I think we just need to change our culture on how we do things. Let's all have other priorities apart from creating children. So be wise. Thank you. Thank you so much, Maurice. You're welcome. For coming. Okay, I'm going to thank you twice again. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs>